0: Spirituality, the connection that we have with something greater than ourselves, is not just in our heads. Spirituality is a very physical thing, experienced in our minds and our bodies. Countless spiritual acts require physicality, like gardening, walking, dancing, meditating, meal rituals, prayer. So spirituality is also a communal and not just personal task. Our collective spiritual community is made possible because of this planet, not in spite of it. I am reminded of a group of Sisters of Charity of Nazareth in Nazareth, Kentucky, who dedicate their mission to the betterment of the poor, and they consider planet Earth to be one of the poor. Its resources are being depleted and exploited by humans in the name of human progress. In other words, environmental stewardship is a spiritual issue for them. We are given this resource by our Creator to take care of it, not to exploit it. So they've declared their intent to make their community carbon neutral. I wanted to explore this issue of climate change and environmental stewardship and a spiritual perspective in women and worldviews, so I asked an expert to join me today. Robin is a 2009 graduate of the college in which I work. She majored in international relations, went on to serve as an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer, associate director of civic and global engagement, and now is an activist and agent for social change. So thanks for being here, Robin. Thank you. Could you start with explaining one highly pressing issue in your life and work and how that might relate spiritually?
1: Yeah, so the issue that I uh, work with mostly is the issue of ocean plastics, uh, which is the amount of our waste that is gathering into the world's ocean, Uh, about 8 million tons of trash every year, which is supposed to triple in the next decade. There should be more plastic than fish, or at least the estimates say so by the year 2050. The scale of it is massive and certainly is a global problem in which we all contribute to every day. I work with a invention called the trash wheel that helps pick up that ocean trash and through it a campaign to get people to think about that ocean plastic. And I always joke that I have a little trash wheel that's always in the back of my brain when I'm have a straw or a plastic lid or something and throw it away that like makes me stop and question whether or not I needed that in the first place. And he's made me realize that in some ways, those are these micro meditations that I do every day about the way that I am a part of this issue. And I think that oftentimes coming from a Buddhist perspective in which it's a lot about contemplation and really being in the moment uh, our culture really does not encourage that. We don't encourage you to can become connected with your plastic water bottle, to become <laughs> connected with your even your favorite sweater. You know, everything is lives in our lives for such a little time but has such a large lifespan on Earth. And we're not encouraged to be connected to that only for maybe the 20 seconds that we're using that plastic fork. So for me, spirituality really calls me to take a moment and appreciate uh, everything that comes into my life, whether it's a plastic water bottle, because that has taken resources from our earth. Uh, It's taken a lot of hands and it will continue to be here probably until after I'm gone, to be quite frank. They recently, somebody was doing a beach cleanup and found a yogurt cup from 1978. Mm -hmm. That's still circling the ocean. And so the stuff that I use every day will impact this planet probably longer than I do as a human. And so it is a contemplation of the vastness of time. And these things aren't disposable, that they are an integral part of the planet, unfortunately, and will be still to come. So you
0: emphasize how... There is intention in a spiritual practice. There's intention in what we do personally and communally. What are some experiences that you've had with communities of faith and environmental stewardship? How have they tried to deal with climate change?
1: Yeah, so uh, two stories. Uh, One that I've thought of is that I actually, when I was in college, got the opportunity to go with a Buddhist commune in Thailand called Santi Ashok which was a completely trash-free commune in which they grew everything from the mint they used in toothpaste uh, (laughs) to the fibers they used in tampons. (laughs) Everything was there. In fact, I remember I had a chip bag and I asked where the trash was and they looked at me like I was insane because (laughs) trash didn't exist. And for them, uh, that growing process was a meditation and a contemplation and a um, intentionality that went into appreciating. You're not going to throw away toothpaste you spent 24 hours, you know, crafting. (laughs) You're not going... You're really going to think about, you know, that jar that was just broken when you have to go blow yourself a new one. Mm. Like, there's there's this connection that is forged by some of those extreme examples. In a more kind of uh, in society kind of way, I work with an organization called Blue Water Baltimore that works with One Water Partnership, which is really challenges faith communities to both learn and do projects to reconnect uh, members of the faith community to the environment. One that I just read a story about is this great community that had this parking lot that would flood all the time. And they called it Lake Chizzy. And it would just be this water, runoff water that when it got overflowed would go right into the river. And it was annoying, but not necessarily something that was ever present. And they were able to have a group to talk about environmental stewardship. And of course, Lake Jizzy was right there. And so they addressed it. Uh, They built a bioretention system there that was able to filter that water, bring it back into the groundwater, stop that toxic runoff pollution, but also became a place of contemplation um, about nature and a place to connect right there on their property. I think the best example of being on the property is um, Bolton Street Synagogue, which is also in Baltimore, which has, is right across Stony Creek, which is a tributary that goes into the Chesapeake Bay. And they've created paths uh, all through the back of their synagogue that allow people to walk and be there. Um, in Baltimore, so many of our rivers are in sewer lines underneath where you can't see them. So creating those intentional spaces, especially in a city, to say that even here we still have water that runs underneath our city and we're still connected. Hmm.
0: That leads me to asking you about advice that you would give to communities of faith, particularly since it's very customary to run buildings, church buildings, <laughs> synagogue buildings. Yeah. Um, and so, what advice would you give to countless people?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, specifically on the infrastructure issue, there is a lot that most people can do on their space, particularly on the issue of stormwater runoff particularly growing food there, there's so much you can do that uh, connects congregants and makes that usable space. Getting a group together is a really start of that. Deep dive as a faith practice into some of the uh, scripture or some of the, you know, spiritual work that inspires environmental stewardship and talk about what that means, but also help organize. Uh, There definitely are, you know, I know coming from the Chesapeake Bay region, there are plenty of grants for people in the Chesapeake Bay watershed, faith communities to do those infrastructure projects. And I know that's a program replicated across the United States, but it takes dedication and, as we, you said so beautifully, intention. So getting a group together that can really hold a congregation accountable and move those projects forward can be really key. What good have you seen come out of that? What growth have you witnessed On one side from a personal spiritual side is there's definitely anybody who's taken a long walk through nature can tell you there's something incredibly spiritually rewarding about reconnecting yourself to the ground and to the spirit. You know, I, uh, when I think about Buddhism, the first thing Buddha did when he was enlightened was to touch the earth and to reconnect. And sometimes having that meaningful reconnection can be so valuable as an inner space practice and creating those spaces to do so on a congregation can give a, place for people to practice and worship in a way that's very different from being inside. From an impact state, when you talk about just even facilities, when we think about if we magnify the amount of stormwater runoff and trash and all of these other things that are probably coming from religious facilities, that's a huge impact that faith communities could have. And not only that, but through that practice of intentionally connecting people in your community, to the issue of environmental stewardship, that's changing the way that they're going to think about and interact with their home, about thinking about how they're environmental stewards at home, at schools, at businesses. It has a ripple effect because I think the power of connecting environmental stewardship to faith is it's not a, I did this action and I'm done. It's a profound change in the way of thinking of the way that we interact with the world and the way that we interact with these products that, you know, whether it's energy, whether it's our trash, and really thinking about the impacts that we have every day and making those kind of connections or things that will carry people through, through life.
0: From my Christian worldview, I'm reminded of... The creation story in Genesis 1, in which humans are given dominion over the earth, and this is like a godlike rule, but instead of considering it to be godlike rule, to be exploitative, we think of it as that we were tasked to take care of, and it's a huge responsibility, but the payoffs are that we're actually quite connected to our creator in doing so. We're doing our job as humans,
1: yeah, and I, this is the doom and gloom that's not always a happy thing to talk about. But at the stage of when we're talking about global climate change that we're talking about, too, you know, I always challenge people to flip the conversation that this is about protecting humans' ability to live on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and in that sense of God giving stewardship over these lands, he's also giving me responsibility over our home and over, you know, protecting something that provides food for us and shelter for us and continues us. And so we are so dependent upon the earth too, that it, you know, it's not just stewardship because it's for the better good, but also because that provides us the means to live. And so I think oftentimes when we talk about climate change in some ways, as altruistic as it is, it's also a very selfish act uh, (laughs) because it's really what's going to keep our planet habitable for years to come. Mm-hmm. So I own
0: metal straws in my house, and my children use metal straws instead of plastic straws. But there's even more I can do by convincing my faith community to let go of the takeaway coffee cups and the foam cups and the plastic cups and to invite people to bring their own reusable cups. I,
1: I always encourage that because I think we oftentimes when we talk about environmentalism, we get so focused on individual action. And I love when I see people with metal straws. I love when I see people recycling. I love when I see people who bring their own to-go cup to a coffee shop. But the next step of that is not to do seven more actions around your house and be the greenest amazing person, but is to encourage others around. There's originally an employee at BuzzFeed who got a hundred people in her office to give up straws for a hundred days. You work in spaces where you have a tremendous impact. Bring that contagious energy to other people. It's really important.
0: And that is spiritual. It connects us to ourselves and to our communities and to our wider world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on Women and Worldviews.